This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play via the iHeartRadio app. Edmund needs a point to center ice. Back to Victor Hedman on the right wing. Across the blind of the right circle. Edmund centers it. Score! Score! Ballon! Andre Ballon! The Lightning win it! Seven stunts in overtime! Incredible! Incredible! Down 6-3! Lead third! A stunner! And the Red Wings had one touch in overtime. They had one touch. They gave up, let's see here, one, two, three, four consecutive goals as the Tampa Bay Lightning come away with a wild 7-6 overtime win. The man who called that, our good friend Dave Michigan, joins me right now, Steve Ersnick, producing. Partner, I I was feeling for you this morning because I was thinking, (laughs) man, if if anybody had the workout last night, it was you calling 13 goals. How's the voice? With no analyst. Where are Kaylee, Phil, Chief... (laughs) Anybody, right? And, you Anybody. know, like we're we're gonna get into some of the emotions that went into some of the calls and non-calls, which that was a part of the game. And when you're just by yourself, there's nobody to vent to. So I basically vent to the audience. <laughs> I find that I get less worked up if somebody yeah. is there with me, and usually the person I'm with is getting more worked up than me. So yeah, my voice probably got quite a workout last night for game two in particular but i will i will start with this craig because like we we have fun with numbers sometimes and we were hearing all this about like nadelkovich's numbers against the lightning i thought actually he played pretty well last night like he was not he was not putting in a performance that would make you say yeah this guy just gave up seven but in that playoff series last year between the Lightning and Hurricanes, which is outside of his regular season numbers, like his regular season numbers against the Lightning, all with Carolina last year, he was 2-1 and one with like a microscopic goals against and a terrific save percentage. But forget that. In the playoff series last year, three games, three games, he gave up six goals. Yeah. Last night he gave up seven. The beauty of sports, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, really the is. beauty of the beginning of the regular season, where yeah. you, you get some high-scoring games. And, and I, I want to get that around that. the league. Yeah, it's a good point by you. I, I brought that up with the Chief in the post game. I, I do want to get into that because there's no doubt. I, I think the Lightning, <laughs> fair to say, stating the obvious here, they're not exactly tightening things up defensively. But no. in some ways, well, not yet, anyway. Yeah, and in some ways, I, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. But, I mean, you take a look at the scores last night across the league. It's not a surprise. I mean, Carolina beats the Islanders 6-3. Columbus scores 8. Dave, last time Snowman. I checked, I didn't think Columbus was an offensive juggernaut. Uh, yeah, but Oliver Bjorkstrand had four points. Yeah, but he wasn't playing that against guy. the 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 Bolts. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's the only time he scores. Well, if Oliver Bjorkstrand plays against the other teams, like how he plays against the Lightning, he might go. He, he might a win Hall the Rocket Richard. <laughs> he's Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know that the Panthers and and Penguins had a wild game. The nine yeah. total goals. I, I don't. Kopitar yeah, not... had five points out west. The yeah, Kings scored six. So I think I, I think it's you know offenses are ahead of defenses at the beginning of the year. I think that's pretty yeah. fair, but. That being said, I mean, that was an entertaining game, and it had yeah. it had everything. It had bad plays. It had great plays. It had cheap shots. It had inconsistent officiating. But more importantly, Dave, I think the Lightning and Stamkos talked about this at the end before we get into the specifics of this game. You know, I, I think this is a win that you can – I don't want to say it's a game changer. Again, this is a team that's won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They have faced more adversity – during that time than what they they have in the first two games of this season. But that said, as I've told you, each season carries its own identity. It's a new team. You're working different players in. Uh, The other team is gearing up to go against you in a way that maybe you hadn't seen the last couple of years because you're not restricted to a certain division you're playing. And Detroit, you know, they're a young and -and up-and-coming team, and and they they showed some signs last night that, yeah, you know, they're going to be a tough team to play night in and night out, and the Lightning have to get used to taking the other team's best shot. But I, I think as Stamkos said, and I'm just going to paraphrase, I mean, this is something they can build on, that you come away with a win like this when you don't play your best. I think there is something to be said for that. And I don't know if it's because the Lightning have won back-to-back cups and they know how to win and the Red Wings are still trying to figure out how to win games like this. Maybe there is something to that. But I, I, I do think 
sports is about winning and losing. You know, it's it's nice to play that 60-minute game, as so many coaches and players like to say, and and do the right things all the time. But as you know, Dave, covering these games and calling these games, that just isn't the reality of a lot of a lot of games that are played. And the Lightning did enough to get a win. And getting a win is what you do ultimately care about. Now, there are some finer details they can iron out moving forward, and we're going to get into those uh, on today's show. But I think we can't lose sight of the fact that a game like this, when you're down by three, three different times on the road, and you come away with a win, I think you, you need a little pat on the back to say, you know what, that's, a, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. Well, I agree with you because at the end of the day, the most important takeaway from last night, the two points. Because if the Lightning want a three-peat, they need to get into the playoffs. The way you get in the playoffs is getting regular season points. The the elements of their game that are going to need to be sharpened if they hope to three-peat, and I'm jumping way ahead here, but I'm I'm starting in broad strokes and then we'll get into the we'll get into the more fine brush stuff in a second here. Like if they started 0-2, we talked about this yesterday near the end of the show, you start 0-2, now you got Washington, Florida, Colorado coming up. Three teams that are generally regarded, I think, as three of the top teams in the league. You don't want to be messing around with that. I mean, the schedule isn't changing. They still have those three teams coming up. But you have to be able to put points in the bank as you work on your game. That's maybe the best way that that I can put it. So to me, that's the most important takeaway. I hear what Stamkos is saying, and maybe if the Lightning were a little earlier in their trajectory, you might look at a game like this and say, boy, like now they believe they can come from behind and win. I think this team already believes that they are capable of winning just about any game at any time. But yeah, to do it reinforces that. And, and that's really positive. I'm going to I'm going to give you a checklist, Greg, right. of, of things that we saw last night and we can yep. kind of digest it and 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 I guess analyze it. But but here were the general takeaways that I had from last night's game that are way more specific than just they got two points. So lightning wanted a higher compete level, higher urgency level check. The lightning showed resiliency down three three different times in addition to the calls that didn't really go their way in terms of the officiating and that's going to happen sometimes but if there was frustration there on the lighting side they channeled that in the right way and they didn't let it derail them so dealing with adversity and showing resiliency check the power play huge part of the win three goals check kind of snuck up on me i didn't realize it during the broadcast but afterward people were talking about it as we were getting ready to to leave for washington in two games the lightning have scored four sixth attacker goals mm-hmm. now they give them three empty netters as well yeah, right right but you know they've worked on the sixth attacker situation through camp and it has paid dividends and it paid enormous dividends last night it didn't in the pittsburgh game they weren't able to rally but last night it got the game tied. And one of those was a power play goal, but sixth attacker play, check. And then the last one I have is team defense. And we we cannot check that box because that was not good at all yesterday. But those are a lot of boxes checked. You want to throw in Vasilevsky, and we can talk about Vasi's performance earlier uh, or, or this year. Earlier today, I, I did an interview with Tom Krasnicki as I do every Friday morning with, with the guys at DAE. It was just Tom this morning. He said, you know, fans are concerned about Vasilevsky. Six goals in each of the first two games. I'm like, well, hold on. The, the first game, Come on. yeah, there were three empty netters. So he gave up three in the first game, but he did give up six on 26 shots yesterday. So I have some thoughts about, like, where Vasi is and where where the team is in terms of the chances they're allowing, how much of it's on him, how much of it's on the team. That is that is a work in progress. But that work in progress, to me, does not offset all those other elements where we can check the box. And because the Lightning were able to check all of those boxes, I think they were able 
to come from behind and win without a high compete, without the resiliency that they showed, without the power play, without the sixth attacker goals. They're looking at an L, but they were able to do all of those things well or or at least check those boxes. So as a result, we're talking today about a win. Yeah, and I, I think when the Lightning lose, sometimes people forget there's another team out there that has made them a little uncomfortable and, and falter in their play. I think we can go the opposite last night. You know, the Red Wings did a lot of good things, but uh, they didn't do enough either. And I, I think... We, we have to acknowledge that. I mean, that was a team that, to me, there were circumstances involved for sure, didn't know how to close out a game. I mean, let's face it. I, you want to be a playoff team, and I know it's early, so you know, forgive me for going off on a little bit of a rant right now, and I don't know what Detroit's going to be this year. But let me just say this. If you're up 6-3 with 7-10 remaining, or even less, less than that, than that yeah, less than that in the half. third period... Yeah. You've got to come away with two points in regulation, Dave. I'm sorry. In today's NHL, you need to be better. You can't take penalties. You can't give a team like that opportunities. And you know what? As John Cooper said, I think the right team did win. But let's let's make no mistake. I think Detroit also showed us they're not ready yet, at least in that environment. Now, they may be next time they play, and we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, but that's a game. that's a game if you're a Red Wings fan. You want to come away with two points. The Red Wings felt really good about their decor coming into this year because they have some veteran D. Now, it's interesting. They sat two veteran D last night. They sat Troy Stetcher. They sat Jordan Osterley, who's new to their organization, but not new to the NHL. And they have eight NHL defensemen. So their roster configuration is interesting that they, they are starting the year with eight defensemen and 13 forwards. Only one forward was scratched. Your boy Carter Rowney didn't get in last night, the former Penguin. That's why I said your boy. But they had to scratch two defensemen, mm-hmm. unless they're going to dress seven, but they didn't do that last night. So they sat two guys with a fair amount of experience, and instead they had two high draft picks in there. We've talked about Mo Sider, and they want this guy to play, and he should play, and he had two assists last night. But it was his first NHL game. And the other young player they had was Gustav Lindstrom, who was a second-round pick previously and and got into some games last year. But as a whole, I think Jeff Blaschel, when he spoke after the morning skate yesterday, Brian Engblom actually asked him about his decor. And he's like, we feel really good about our decor, particularly now that DeKaiser is healthy. And it's not just the, the defense, but that is part of it. Like Colton's goal, open in front, right? The Kucherov goal was more of a penalty kill thing where where Hedman had room to walk down Broadway and Nadelkovich right. had to protect against a Hedman shot that never came. But the goal that tied it, I mean, DeKaiser doesn't do the right thing with the puck right there. Maybe we want to just say great play by Hedman, which it was, but... You know, should Nedeljkovic have played the puck? And should DeKaiser have held on to it until Nedeljkovic got back in the crease? Like, there was there was a significant mistake there. And then they lost coverage on Kalorn in front, which the Lightning had that problem too last night. So if we're going to look at the Red Wings and say, you know, what is the area where they feel the best about their their team based on what we saw last year where they were better defensively than offensively? Like, they were near the bottom of the league offensively, but they were improving defensively. And now they have Nedeljkovic, who they really like. That let them down, I think, a little bit last night. Not that we're going to spend the whole 60 minutes today talking about the Red Wings. But I think that was part of how the Lightning were able to come back and win. Stamkos talked about how big Colton's goal was. How open was Ross Colton in front of the net right there? Yeah. Completely unguarded. That's on the D. They lost coverage you know, in a prime scoring area. Yeah. And and Ross was able to finish on his backhand. On on the other side of the coin, like what did I what did I see from the Red Wings? I think they're young players as much hype as there may be about Cider. And we talked about him. Like the Swedish Hockey League defenseman of the year last year. As a 19-year-old, the Swedish Hockey League is not like some third-tier European league. Like, that is legit. 
he is a yeah. really, really good player. And then they have this Lucas Raymond, who had an assist last night on, on the Bertuzzi hat trick goal on the power play. They need reps. Mm-hmm. Like, they were not as impactful as some of the other guys on the Red Wings. The guys who were impactful, though, were the guys who have a fair amount of NHL experience. Clearly, Bertuzzi, I really liked Fabry last night. Uh, he was really impressive for Detroit. I mean, clearly, they they had a lot of points for the Red Wings. Before he lost his mind and, and sucker punched Joseph, I thought Larkin was having a really productive game and looked dangerous and confident with the puck, and he scored the first goal. So, Letty, I thought Letty was really good last night. Now, I don't know if he had his fingerprints on some of these defensive mistakes, but this is a guy who's been to the conference final the last few years and has won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So, when we talk about the Red Wings, they're like, are they going to be better this year? I think they are going to be better this year, but it may be kind of their guys who have who have some some highway behind them in the NHL kind of leading the way and and they're going to they're going to have to kind of pull their younger high prospect players along until they get more reps and more experience. But you made the point about like if you're the Wings, you can't blow a 6-3 lead with under 6 and a half minutes left. You're absolutely right. And unfortunately for them, some of this fell on kind of this area of their team that that they felt pretty yeah, good about no going doubt. in. And and Fabry was the one who tripped I like Fabry's game, but he took a pretty costly penalty there, tripping Sorelli, and that that opened the door for the Lightning to score the the goal to make it six five. Yeah, on the power play, it, it's going through those growing pains, and you've got to think once Detroit's in that position again, you know maybe they know what to do. They've got a, a better hockey sense of how to handle a situation like that. But the Lightning took advantage of it, and you know let's maybe go period by period if you want to, Dave, just to yeah. to kind of look at yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there is. I game. actually thought my overview, and I, I think you had referenced it after the first period, is that even though the Lightning were trailing one nothing, I actually thought it wasn't a bad period by the Lightning. You know, I thought the yeah, agreed. the fourth line, or I guess it was the third line, uh, the Maroons line. Yeah, I they thought, were really effective. Yeah, I thought they had some opportunities. You saw, you know, Matthew Joseph on a breakaway, um, which, you know, killing off a penalty after Radish, who had uh, a double minor. And, and you feel for him a little bit, too, because he's just, I think he hasn't been able to make the impact that he wants through the first two games as much as a rookie can. And he was on trying to team. on that play. Like, he was trying yeah. to get into the four check and, and disrupt the play, and his stick came up and, and clipped Letty. You know, Stamkos had a, a good shot in tight. Gagne had a breakaway during the Bolts power play where, you know, Vassy was there. But, you know, the and maybe I guess the only thing I, I'd really quibble with, and, and maybe this ties to, you know, Vassy and, and his performance so far through two games. Look, it's, it's tough to critique what Vassy does night in and night out. And my goodness, uh, it's nice every once in a while for the team to pick him up when maybe he's not at his best. I mean, I, I just thought that was a tough goal to give up for him um, where, you know, Larkin knocks it in after it looked like Vassy yeah. had the puck corralled. So, it through. well, my overview of, of Vassy's night, and, and this will tie back to the first goal, the Red Wings got some prime scoring chances, and we often see Vasilevsky erase those chances, and, and he was not able to do that as regularly as he normally does. That was that was some of what went into this equation of the six goals against. Some of the other shots, though, from the Wings were not necessarily scoring chances, but they were tough shots. And Fabry's shot, if you watch the replay, Greg, it's an end-over-end. End. Yeah spinning puck or flipping puck i guess and it handcuffed vasilevsky i think he tried to catch it with his glove and and either the fact that it was going end over end crossed him up a little bit or maybe it even dipped but it seemed to hit the bottom of his glove but he got most of it otherwise the puck would have gone in but it's almost like you know he stopped it by like redirecting it straight down but unfortunately because he didn't catch it and, it and it deflected off his glove. It went straight down and dropped in the blue paint. So, again, that's not really a scoring chance, but I do think that it's a tough shot. Having said that, Vasilevsky 
is the best goalie in the world, so he often stops those. So that part is on him that he was not able to stop it, but it wasn't like he muffed it, I didn't think, either. And then the other part of this, and I know Chief talked about this with you a lot in the first intermission, is Larkin won the race to the to the blue paint. So that's the other part of it. So if a lightning player gets there first, maybe he sweeps that puck to the corner. Because it was not going in. It was just like it dropped straight down and was not moving in the crease. And I thought the Bertuzzi goal that that was his fourth goal was a similar type of play that maybe we wouldn't say this is like a tremendous scoring chance. Bertuzzi comes out of the corner. That was the goal that that made it 5-3, which at the time seemed like a huge goal. And and Vasilevsky seems to have the angle covered, and that is just that is a tough shot from Bertuzzi. Another one that's like up high, off the top of his shoulder. Sometimes you have to give credit to the guy shooting the puck, and Bertuzzi was feeling it at that point too, right? I mean, he already scored three, and, and so I think it was it was not like a soft goal, I guess is what I'm saying. But given the body of work that Vasilevsky has provided us, that that Bertuzzi goal is one that we would normally expect him to stop. So I think it's a little bit of, of a lot right there. I was actually I was waiting night. I was waiting for the officials to blow the whistle because I had not seen the puck behind Vasi. It looked like he had it. And you're you know, talking some, about on the first goal. On the first goal, yes. On yeah. the first goal, I you know sometimes the officials Dave, you, you'll see a quick. If they whistle. lose sight of it, yeah. yeah and I think they didn't. I, I think that's where some of the inconsistencies are. I I actually thought Vassy had it for an extended period of time. Where no, he didn't. He though. didn't. Unfortunately, yeah. he didn't for him. And you're right, Larkin was. Able but you to know what I'm home. saying? Like no, I, I think I think the standard that Vasilevsky has set. We're oh. kind of like, man, what's going on? Six goals and 26 shots. Right. If we look at it goal by goal, though, sure. Like I'm not sure that any of them. And again, I'm I'm kind of referencing a previous goal. Remember the goal Suzuki scored in the Stanley Cup final? It was game the Lightning won, but yes, you know it was game three, and he just like fired a low shot from the top of the circle along the boards, and it just went through Vasilevsky. Yes, I do remember. That. Like that was extremely rare to see Vasilevsky give up a goal like that. That was a soft goal. We did not see that last night, but I think that we are used to seeing Vasilevsky stop tough shots. And erase scoring chances from prime areas. And and last night he wasn't able to do that, at least not regularly. We're asking you the question, and it probably can be both if that's your answer, and that's fine. Character win or problems being exposed a bit uh, yeah. defensively? And I, I think there's probably a nice mixture there if you want to weigh in, you can at Bolts Radio. But you were going through the period, so I agree with you. The first period, yeah, the Lightning I... played with jump. They played with urgency. They had some scoring chances. Nadelkovic looked good and probably frustrating that they're looking up the scoreboard and like, seriously, we're down again? But that's that's the hand they were dealt. All right, why don't we do this? Let's Because I feel like the second period, there was a lot there. That was the Larkin punch. It was uh, Bertuzzi getting the yeah, hat trick. The Schuster um, delay of game. Yeah, let's let's take a break because I, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there and it's going to take us a while to, um, to break that all down. But if you want to react to the game last night or just where Tampa Bay is through two games, again, you're not going to see Dave and I, I think, get uh, way concerned about the play through two games. I think, look, it's one more game last night than we could go off of the night before. So we were, we're starting to get a little bit of a body of work here with the Lightning. And, you know, we can talk about what we've seen through two games, but certainly you're not going to have a full picture of this team for a few more. And I think that's a fair statement to make. And we'll, we'll talk more about the game uh, when we return. He's Dave Michigan. I am Greg Linnelli. Steve Versnick is producing. It's Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. I don't know how to explain that one. That was that was a weird game. There was a lot of penalties. There was a lot of weird bounces. There was a lot of different stuff that we could have easily quit on the game, and we were down multiple goals numerous times. But you know, it's one of those games where we just we just didn't give up, and we got rewarded for it. So obviously, a lot to clean up, but. That uh, it's two games into a season, you're not going to read too much into that, but that's that's a type of game that can hopefully catapult you, you know, after a tough first game. No, we had to respond after the last game, so I didn't expect us to do anything else. So uh, happy with the two points and uh, going to Washington, and obviously, like I said, we need to clean up some stuff in our D zone and 
Hopefully I ask a little bit more, but at the end of the day, you know, two points today and, you know, we're very happy. Probably long odds for us to win that game halfway through the third. Um, but I think just the gamemanship and the work our team put in for 50 paid off in the last 10. And uh, so you got to give, you know, the guys a ton of credit. Our power play came through when we needed it. Um, and, and PK is still a work in progress, but they killed a big penalty at the end. Um, you know, Vass, you know, Bertuzzi, who's got four, comes in on a basically all alone two on one, and you know, Vass makes a miss the net. And so, it was, and that game got tight. Um, you know, we got better. Uh, but I thought, I don't. There's, I mean, it's game two. You can't sit here and say, oh my gosh, there's all the adversity the team hit. That was a crazy game. There's no question. But the bottom line is who came with two, two points. Did we come here and get two points? We did. Uh, but we do have to tighten things up as this season goes along. But pretty proud of how they came back. All right, that was Stammer, Hetty, and uh, John Cooper there. We actually had Hedman on the postgame show, Dave. You had a chance to talk to him, and it was yeah. it was pretty good. And I think he felt like uh, one of the, the comments that stood out for me is, you know, oh, look, you know, the, the better team won. And yeah, he, he felt they deserved to win. He might and have Coop been the best answered, player. Coop you answered know, the, the poll question. I didn't realize that. He he graded the character win over defensive. How about the, you know what? Listen, issues. He listens now. He didn't I know, know I was going to plan. He the show knew that you way. were going to ask that he question, did. and I appreciate that about John Cooper. But mm-hmm. um, one quick comment on Stamkos, then let's get into the second period. I, I think some people kind of question. Where is Stamkos's play and health over the last couple of years? Because he's been through a lot, for sure. And, you know, is he a first-line guy? Is he a third-line guy? Does it really matter at this point? He's your captain. He's everything you want in a captain, I, I think, is probably a good way to describe it. But I, I always come back, Dave, when you talk about the value of Steven Stamkos at this point in his career, look what he did on the power play. Yeah. As long as the power play is going to be part of the National Hockey League, and it will, Steven Stamkos is always going to have a place on this team and have a very prominent role on this team because the power play was a game changer last night. And, you know, it's kind of like a three-point shooter who gets hot in basketball. Steven Stamkos, with that one-timer, next to Alex Ovechkin, I I think over the last 10, 15 years, you can make a strong argument, the best pure goal scorer in the game. And... As long as he's got room and as long as he has just a little bit of time to get that one-timer off, there's precision with his shot. He knows what to do with it. That is a goal scorer's shot. And those two power play goals he had back-to-back. I mean, look, his teammates set him up tremendously, and you have to give credit to them. But, Dave, you need a guy who can finish. Steven yeah. Stamkos can finish. And those two goals to get it to 4-3, even though the Lightning in the third period got down 6-3 after Nemestikov's goal, just getting it to 4-3 probably settled them down a bit at that time. And, you know, good for Stamkos to get a couple of goals on the power play. But point being, he's always he's always going to be a legitimate threat when it comes to special teams, which is why you can never discount his contributions to this team. You know what's interesting? So the Lightning have scored three power play goals this year, right? And And they didn't score. They had one chance the other night against the Penguins, and they they finished, what, three for six, which is a little bit of a misleading stat because on a major, if you score, it counts as a goal and a chance. So you can have multiple chances. Gotcha. If you have a really productive major, it's not like you go, like, two for one, right? And <laughs> they scored two power play goals on the same chance. That major counts as two for three, and then they went one for three on their, their three minor penalties that were called on Detroit that, that led to power play chances. But what I've noticed early this year, Greg, and, and I'm curious to see if this continues. When the Lightning have kind of just set up in their traditional formation with the first unit, Kucherov at the right circle, Stamkos at the left circle, Hedman at the top of the umbrella at the point, Braden point in the slot, and Kalorn kind of at the side of the net. Teams have been really dialed in to take away dangerous chances for the Lightning. But the power play goals that the Lightning scored last night were either guys were in a little bit of a different position 
or it came right off an entry or a face-off where the Lightning were able to catch the team a little bit out of position. And and if you think about them, like Stamkos' first goal that, that made it 4-2 was from the slot. It's not normally where he is. What a pass by Kucherov. But it was almost like the Red Wings – we're, we're gearing up for Braden Point to be in the slot, right? Like, Stamkos is not usually there, and they didn't react to it, and he drilled it in. On the second Stamkos goal, if you recall, Point brings it in, and the Red Wings converge on him, and he got it away to Kucherov. He dropped it back to Kucherov, and they switched the point of attack, essentially, and moved it around catching the Red Wings a little out of position because as soon as they brought it in, they made a play and, and got it to the net before the Red Wings could recover. And also, and this is something Phil sometimes says about Stamkos that he doesn't like, which is he feels Stamkos gets too far down in the circle, but that was the exact spot that he needed to be in for the second goal because Nedeljkovic didn't have the angle to get over. And so it almost seemed as if the Red Wings didn't have time to get set up to defend that lightning power play with the first unit. And then the last one, the Kucherov one, the lightning had an extra guy out there. What what were the Red Wings doing off the faceoff? It almost seemed like a bunch of their guys got caught up on on the side of the ice where the faceoff was. And Hedman had all kinds of time to walk right down Broadway. And that's how the Kucherov goal happened. So I'm I'm just curious, like, switching things up a little bit in terms of where guys are in the ice – or, you know, if the other team is is a little out of position, rather than just, like, setting it up, right, continuing to set it up, getting a puck to the net has, has provided huge dividends for the Lightning. But you're right about Stamkos. Like, he can, he can shoot the puck as well as anybody in the league, and we saw that again last night. There are no perfect players in the game. Maybe there's a couple who are close. Everybody's got some flaws, but there's a reason why Steven Stamkos is – uh, still in this league, still competing at a very high level, and that's because he knows how to score. And I think there's something to be said for that, and it's one of the reasons why the Lightning were able to get back into the game. Now, let's get into that second period. because Yes, let's get into it the It didn't start well, Dave, and it's one of those starts where, you know, you come out of the first period only trailing one nothing, and you're thinking, all right, let's let's kind of reset here a bit, and, and let's let's start to get to our game, whatever that means. Let's start to get to our game a little bit against the Red Wings. And then 18 seconds in, Bertuzzi looks like Mary Lemieux, against the North Stars uh, in the early 90s, <laughs> splitting the defense. Now, he didn't split them completely, but no, it didn't. was a really good play by Bertuzzi. Give him, I, I want to give him credit first. He's a good player. He is a good and, player. And uh, there's something to be said, as you mentioned in the broadcast, look, he was really banged up last year, didn't yeah, have I think I greatest. saw his last game was in January, so I didn't realize he got hurt that early, I, but that was I the case. I want to make a side note about Bertuzzi because I, I i i was kind of following the story for for several reasons but it was it was curious where this was going and I, that it was confirmed on the 32 thoughts podcast i think he's one of four players still not vaccinated yeah and he is. i've heard that's blackwood kind of with with new jersey is another and those are high end guys for those teams and yeah. what's interesting about that is what elliot and and jeff merrick were saying elliot friedman is that Iserman not too happy about that he and, can't play when they go to canada yes i mean can you imagine not having Bertuzzi in your lineup, not because of injury, not because of anything Correct. like that. Just so whatever it is, that is an means, interesting they're situation. They're going to be playing in Canada. Yes, he won't we'll, be able to play. We'll keep an eye on that as that goes. But I, I as a side note, to me, it was uh, one of four players that that hasn't been. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that, that that's a side note. He splits Hedman and Sergachev. It's a four on four, and I think that's where you kind of open up your eyes and said, okay, what what is happening here defensively? We're we're seeing like that's something. It was a good play by Bertuzzi, Dave, but you felt, especially with the quality of defenseman you had back there, there was no way that play should have developed. And I think that right. that goal happened, and it's two nothing. You're sitting like, all right. I mean, this. I guess this is how this game is going to unfold. I want to get your thoughts on that because I thought what was interesting after that also kind of played into the Red Wings building up this lead for most of the game. Yeah, I thought there were a few kind of momentum-swinging plays or segments in the game, and I thought Bertuzzi's first goal was one of those because it really got the Red Wings going much more than we had seen them get going in the first, frankly. 
and the beginning part of the second was not particularly strong for the Lightning. Like, they didn't have the same amount of push that we saw in the first, and they continue to have defensive problems. So when we talk about, like, Vasilevsky's night, I want to say, like, he made some saves in the early part of that second period that were pretty tough. What do the Wings have? 12 second-period shots. I mean, they scored three goals, but those other nine shots on net, several of those were, were fairly tough saves that Vasilevsky made. And shortly thereafter, we had the first of several, I will say, blown calls by the officials on the Schuster delay of game. And while the Wings didn't score technically on that power play, they made it 3 nothing six seconds after the penalty ended. So Schuster was coming out of the box, not yet back in the play, when Bertuzzi scores again to make it 3 nothing. That is a tough one because you know that really you shouldn't be shorthanded. Instead, you are shorthanded, and then yes. you give up a goal right after the penalty ends. And instead of 2 nothing trying to chip away, now it's 3 nothing. Now they scored in the next shift, which is really important. But that whole segment from like one nothing, the start of the second, to three nothing, that was not a particularly strong segment for the Lightning. But there were other points in the game when the Lightning like got a goal or made a play when they kind of took over and and had a strong push. And certainly the major power play where they converted was was one segment through the end of the second, and then obviously the the closing minutes of the third was another. But the Lightning's defensive problems were far more pronounced in periods two and three than we saw in period one. And that opening goal from Bertuzzi, whatever it was, 18 seconds in, set the tone for that. And what was interesting, and let's go there, you know, they they build, meaning the Red Wings, a 3 nothing lead. And again, you referenced this, and it was, it was spot on, because I think you had a feel for how this game was unfolding. The Red Wings for the first 15, 20, maybe 25 minutes, maybe a little bit longer than that, David, felt like got all the bounces. You know, the, the stanchions uh, a couple of different times. Yeah, the puck that just happened takes in a the crazy bounce. You know, Adam Ernie hits the crossbar, hits Vassie in the back, and then Bertuzzi bangs it home 3 nothing. I mean, you're just you're looking at it and you're thinking, all right, and then you had the Schuster with the yeah. penalty, the delay of game that, that really shouldn't have been that call. And, 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 and thinking, let me just say, Greg, like, the officials on a delay of game penalty, <clears throat> excuse me, you need to get that right. It's a, it's a process penalty. It's not like open to debate, like, did he hook the guy? Did he erase a scoring chance by taking a penalty? Like, that's fine. You know, the officials have a very hard job. They have to make a determination about, like, what's a call, what's not a call. There's no, there's no interpretation of the rule with the delay of game. If the puck goes out of play from the defensive zone, it's a penalty, period. And you can determine whether that was, in fact, the case. Now, I'm not advocating for, like, replay after replay after replay, but, you know, some of the stuff I heard after the game, you know, I heard from from some people in the Lightning camp that, you know, they've seen officials look at a replay for a delay of game to make sure that they got it right. And on that, say, play, that play, reviewable? John Cooper and Dark Lalonde had the iPad yeah. on the bench. They were showing it to the referee. You know Look what it where was? Schuster is. Yeah, you know what it and was. They and they were you... just adamant. Nope. Yeah. This is the original call. We don't care if it's not backed up on replay. Penalty. You know what that was? That's frustrating. You know what it was? It was arrogance. It was arrogance. Because, Dave, in life in general, when you're wrong, it's hard to admit it for a lot of people. See, I'm really good at admitting I'm wrong. Well, I'm wrong all the time, so it's yeah. easy. It's we have easy a lot of me. practice. Yeah, I, I have a ton of practice. Um, but yeah, you understand, like the the I, there's an there's an ego involved in this, and when you're adamant about making a call, and honestly, I think it's a little embarrassing because that was blatantly wrong. Yeah. When you miss it by that much and you don't correct it, it tells me that your ego got in the way of doing the right thing. And I, gotta, I, I want to take this a step further. Eric mentioned this on his Twitter timeline, and I, I have said this before with officials, referees in hockey. I think they need to be able to answer questions from the media every game. I have no idea why they aren't allowed to take questions 
about the game they officiated, particularly in a moment like this. If for any other reason than for fans to listen to the reason they did or didn't make a call. It's how the game grows, in my opinion. I want to know what your thought process was when Schuster took that penalty in your eyes after looking at the replay from the Lightning's bench. I'm assuming. And I want to know, was it just complete arrogance? Because I I can read between the lines with your answer. If you don't answer the question, if you beat around the bush, I know what the answer is. But I want to see your body language. I want to see somebody take a tough question. Why did you make that call? And, Dave, that's part of the evaluation process. I understand the league evaluates these these referees game in and game out, and the good ones get rewarded in the playoffs, and the ones that need work don't. I, I understand that. But I think it would be nice for the fans to get an idea of where you're coming from. Yeah. And I, 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 and I just are I don't two think we ex- see it. These are two experienced referees, two guys that have yeah. worked into the playoffs and deep in the playoffs. Gord Dwyer, and by the way, I looked at the pronunciation guide. I mentioned this on the air. Yeah, you We've did. been calling him Furlat all these years. It's Furlat. Furlat. He is French, so, so French-Canadian. Did, did he just change that? Did he pull a Brad? No, I think we've just been ignorant. You know, the the officials' pronunciation, it's not like yeah. I get a chance to go and ask them how to say their name. Right. So you just have to do it. You have to, to wait and see. Not wait right. and see, but you have to be reliant on what the league produces yes so that's my bad that i didn't look it up earlier phil would say i'm glad i said his name wrong yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what he said yeah that would be exactly what he said said. well let all right so it's three so then so then it's three nothing after that schuster play but the lightning come right back on the next shift which is always an important shift we talk about this time and time and time again on our broadcast and two terrific passes first Kucherov to Hedman, and how great is it to see Victor skating like that again after he was limited with his injury last year through the end of the regular season into the playoffs. And then Hedman goes back across through the seam and Palat buries the one-timer. That was a huge goal Yep, at the time. It was. And, you know, there were a couple of moments like that, but you're right. I mean, that kind of stopped the bleeding for a little bit. And then... Can yeah, we and then all, we have the Larkin play. All hell broke loose. The Wings now, uh, and again, I think for our fans, Dave, maybe explain to them how they were able to go on a four-on-three after Larkin. <laughs> well, I don't know that sucker, I can explain it. Sucker. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the play first because yeah, I I, I want to say this. I want to be very fair, and I, I've told you this before. I think I think the league has a big problem with players who hit another player from behind into the boards, and it, it wasn't because Matthew Joseph did it to Larkin I see it every game not not just with the lightning I, I see teams do it to the lightning I see non-lightning games where that happens I don't know what that is uh, because it's a dangerous play going into the boards you're dealing with shoulder injuries neck injuries head yeah, injuries which Larkin had a neck injury last yeah year. and I think we have to keep that in mind when we start talking about that that specific play but Joseph that that should have been a penalty that was a penalty for sure I mean you, you can't even if you didn't hit him hard you can't that that's a defenseless player in a position where he could have been seriously injured. So I understand with that context that you just gave, Dylan Larkin being a, a little more sensitive to a play like that because of his injury last year. So he goes on the board. And, you know, what was interesting, and I don't want to say he wasn't suffering from that hit, but it was almost like Larkin went down, tried to sell the call, and then got right back up. I don't, I don't know if you, you, you watched the replay on that. I mean, he went down for like two or three seconds, and then it was like, who hit me? Got up. He got saw up. red. So I, I <laughs> he think saw he, red. I, I'm not sure he was completely hurt. Maybe he was sh- he was shaken up a bit. Gathered himself as much as you could. And then, honestly, Dave, I, I don't want to say one of the more egregious things I've seen in a game, but that's a dangerous play to hit somebody full force with the glove on. And it could have seriously injured Matthew Joseph. Who didn't play the third period. Yeah. And Cooper was non-committal after the game about Joseph's availability for tomorrow. I texted you. I said, I, I think I think Dylan Larkin needs to be suspended. I probably would suspend him multiple yeah, games. Usually a match penalty usually carries, I mean, it's an automatic review. Unlike a major, which is also usually reviewed. And sometimes yeah. plays that aren't majors are reviewed. The Department of Player Safety decides what they are going to review 
and what they are, are not going to review. And if there is supplemental discipline warranted, then they will dole it out. But a match penalty is an automatic review. It was a Bush League Like play. it rises to a different category in terms of potential supplemental discipline. Now, they may look at it and say no suspension is warranted, but usually match penalties, more often than not, there is a suspension that accompanies that. Now, I have no the faith they're going to do the right thing. That, to me, it should be multiple. And for fairness, we are taping the show, so if something does come out later today while we're, <laughs> we're doing the show, it's, you know, I understand that. But the reality is for me, that is a dangerous play to the head of an opposing player who's not who's not watching the play. Yeah. And you you just I mean, again, thank goodness Joseph wasn't seriously hurt. Although Dave, to your point, he didn't play in the third period. I'm sure that's gonna factor into this decision, even though it probably shouldn't. I mean, a penalty's a penalty, a suspension is a suspension. No, but we've talked about that one factor in determining a potential suspension is was the player who was on the receiving end of the hit or the play or whatever yeah. it is hurt? Yeah. And it looks like Joseph was, and we'll get more information hopefully as the the day and, and the weeks progress here. But that's awful. And, you know, Ruta did a good job of coming in and, you know, trying to defend his teammate, and, you know, everybody kind of had a dancing partner there. I, I thought it, it could have gotten more out of control, Dave. It didn't. But somehow Detroit yeah. came away with the power play, and I, I don't understand why. Well, so how they came away with the power play. Yes. The way the officials called the penalty, Larkin got a match penalty, which is a five-minute major in a game misconduct, but you call it a match because it rises to a different level than a major in a game, which means that we have this extra stuff after the game, okay? Which I think had they not called it a match penalty and they just called it like, five-minute major for hit to the head and a game misconduct, the result would have been the same in terms of the amount of penalty time. So the fact that it's a match as opposed to a major in a game, from from the standpoint of penalty time, it doesn't really make a difference. Although I think a five and a ten, well, I know a five and a ten is 15 minutes, and Larkin ends up with 10 minutes. So I'm not yeah. exactly sure why he only got 10 minutes. I guess a match penalty carries carries it i'm looking at the box score right now yeah he was given 10 minutes so i guess a match penalty just counts as 10 because that was that was the entirety of the penalty so that's like a five minute major so that's on the detroit side what they decided to do they originally were not going to be calling a penalty on joseph and then they conferred which is apparently something they they didn't do on the schuster play right (laughs) different situation of course but they conferred and decided that a penalty was warranted. And, and like you, I don't have a problem with that. That was, that was a hit that probably warranted a minor penalty. Did it warrant a major? If there are Red Wings fans out there saying Joseph should have been thrown out of the game and he should be suspended to, no. And oh, no. It was a dangerous hit. But it didn't rise to the level of, of something more than a minor penalty. And we see these, unfortunately, enough to know. We saw in the playoffs last year. We've seen plays like the Sam Bennett play on Blake Coleman. That that was worthy of a major. <laughs> Other hits. Remember McDonough hit Duclair in that series? Yeah. yeah. He did hit him from behind. He got a minor penalty. That was warranted. So, even though they didn't call the penalty originally, a minor penalty on Joseph was probably warranted. But the Lightning, I think, were were first irked by the fact that no penalty was called on Joseph, and then they decided to add one later. All right, fair enough. Ruda then comes in as Joseph is on the ice. Ruda comes in and grabs Larkin. So he gets two for roughing. Then Bertuzzi comes in to try and grab Ruda. So I think the way the Lightning felt that this should have been probably doled out. You want to give Joseph a two? Okay. So Joseph gets a two, and Larkin gets a five. And if you want to give Ruta a two, then you should give Bertuzzi two. They didn't. So because the Lightning got two minor penalties, and Larkin's five-minute major just runs in a linear way 
the first two minutes of the major, the Lightning had two guys in the box, and the Wings only had one. Now, let's say they decided to give Joseph two for the hit, and then let's say he was okay enough after getting punched in the face that right. he kind of came at Larkin. They give they give Joseph another two. That That is a double minor that does not run concurrently. So in that situation, it would have been four minutes on the clock for Joseph, five for Larkin. It would have been four on four for four minutes, and the Lightning would have gotten a one-minute major. But it wasn't that way because the minor penalties were to two different players. So those penalties ran concurrently, giving the Lightning basically three available guys on the ice. And the Wings were only given the one penalty, albeit a significant one, to Larkin. So what we could have seen, and probably what we should have seen, was two to Joseph, five to Larkin, and then Ruda and And Bertuzzi Bertuzzi were were sent off together. Then you have two minutes of four-on-four, three-minute major. Or, and or, you could have given Larkin more than the match. Like, the match was for the sucker punch, right? Mm -hmm. What does Larkin do after he sucker punches him, though? He drops his gloves. Like, he's not just an innocent bystander with Ruda. Like, he's ready for Ruda. Which goes back to what I said to you. He gives as good as he gets with Ruda. So you could have given Larkin a match penalty and a minor. Plus, he sold that call. Because, look, to your point, when you get hit from behind like that, it was a penalty. But he stayed down for two or three seconds and then just got up. So to right. me, I think he was trying to sell the call. But because if you, you give Larkin an extra two, then that also cancels out yes. the, the Joseph penalty. Yes. So eventually the Lightning would just go on a five-minute major, and they and decided they score, not to do that. And on those, Dave, you can score as many times as you want, correct? It would have can't, yeah, which we saw last night. Yes. Now, had they given nothing to Bertuzzi, there would have been a two for Larkin and then a five for Larkin, so it actually would have still been a four on three. But what I'm saying is... What they could have done is said, we're giving two to Joseph, and we're going to give two to Ruta. But Bertuzzi was also involved, so he gets a two. Larkin gets his match penalty, but you know what? He also dropped his gloves. He's getting a two as well. Yes. So then you would have four minor penalties plus the major, and the Lightning would have gone on the five-minute major. They didn't call any of that. They kind of parsed their way through it and said, well, we're going to get this guy, but not this guy. And then... Not to jump ahead, but, you know, we had this play in the third period when it was on Rasmussen. Who got the penalty for the Lightning? It was Palat. So Palat hit Rasmussen from behind. Similar type play, right? That was a penalty. But what does Rasmussen do? He comes back at Palat and and throws a punch at him. Right. So how is it that Rasmussen doesn't get a minor, which they gave to Ruda, right? In the Larkin Joseph situation. Well, the thing about the Pertuzzi situation, he ends up scoring the hat trick at four one. Right, like I mean, he should have been, been in the box. In the box. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so unless I think... they decided to just not even call Ruda and Bertuzzi, and they could have done yeah. that too, but then the Wings wouldn't have had a power play. Right. So that was frustrating. That was and very then, frustrating. So it's four one at that point, but then you know we we kind of got into Stammer and and what he does, and and that all happened at four forty one, Dave. And and what a job by the Lightning! Like sometimes you don't score at all on a five minute major. They scored yes. twice in three minutes. Yes, because it was a shorter major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first one was at four forty one, and the second one was at three twenty seven. So they did it pretty quickly too, which was which was good to see. And in um, between that, yeah, I know that this wasn't really a. A talking point afterward, but Nadelkovich completely interfered with Alex Kalorn. I was oh my fired gosh. up about he that did. on the air. He did. And no, Kalorn it should have been down. a five on three. Admittedly, yeah, right, right. it would have been a short five on three, but the Lightning yeah. still scored in the major before the penalty ended. Yeah. That's one of those games as a player. It's probably hard to kind of get a, a, a the correct temperature on the officiating to see what they're going to call and yeah. what they're not going to call. And, you know, Nadelkovich took matters into his own hands and knocked Stammer, or excuse me, Kalorn down. You're right. And that was. Um, pretty egregious nonetheless it was 4-3 heading into the third day yes and you're thinking all right you know what down by one again lightning get a couple of power play goals there late and and here they go but then Bertuzzi comes out of the box yeah and, and it was not a good just, power play for the lightning when no. Bertuzzi got that penalty and good for him I mean he kind of he raced to the puck and just kind of saw nobody was around and just drove to the net got a pass fast not much he could do there makes it 5-3 
and but by the way, yeah. One reason why Bertuzzi had room to come out from behind was that Nemenstikov was going to the front of the net, and the Lightning had to make a decision to there. catch up to him. Yeah. So there was like that was not a a like a defensive mistake like on some of the other ones, like on Bertuzzi's first goal, <clears throat> for example. But Nemenstikov won the race down the ice. That's a problem. Yes. And and the domino effect of that was Bertuzzi because the Lightning had to worry about. Vladdy, Bertuzzi had had space, time and space to walk out in front and and fire a pretty tough shot, as I talked about, that went in. You did, and Nemeskov gets a goal, too, to make it 6-3, and that happened at 12-50. And then the Lightning went to work day. We kind of talked about it a little bit there, but uh, Colton's goal, nobody in front. Good play by Chernak, too, you know, to, to intercept yeah. that pass and throw it to Colton, who finished it. And that was after the Lightning did not score on another power play. Yeah. For sure, and you know Colton, that that's a that's a nice finish. You got to finish, and he did on the backhand. And then we talked about the the power play and the empty net. Yeah. And I said they finished three for six. It was three for seven because yeah. they had two unsuccessful chances in the third before that last one, scored by Fabry. Yes, or uh, taken by Fabry that that Kucherov scored on. And then the power play took over, and then we saw Victor Hedman, yeah. who I, I think you thought, and it, it's hard to disagree, might have been the best player on the ice certainly the best lightning player I mean, he was he was flying towards the end there especially i mean the the assists he was getting was just very impactful and that was good to see and just think the two power play goes stamp goes scored sergachev was actually out there instead of headman and look sergachev particularly on the stamp goes goal from the bottom of the circle that was a pass from sergachev but yeah like normally headman would be out there like he could have had a game with six assists sure. if we substitute Headman for Sergachev, which is probably unfair, but yes, he's certainly capable of making those making those passes. Yep, he is. And uh, the Lightning were fortunate; their special teams came up big there at the end, and their best players, you know, made some plays there at the end too, which was which was fun to see. And they'll take the two points and they'll head to Washington tomorrow, Dave. And you know, before we close out the show. That'll be a tough game on the road in Washington's never easy. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what type of team the Caps have because they're one of those that, you know, Ovechkin scoring goals, but, you know, where is he? You know, Backstrom, point producer. I think they're hoping Kuznetsov gets back to maybe pre-2018, you know, is that really dynamic player yeah. that um, a lot of people envisioned. But always a always a tough place to get wins. Dave Washington Knight, plays the Lightning well. Yeah. And you got Tom Olson. I mean, we saw that in the 2018 Eastern Conference Final. And the Lightning have had some really tough losses in D.C. over the years. But they, they have, have not really played the Caps. Team. They have not played the Caps since they won the Stanley Cup the yeah. first time. Not the 4 one, but the 2020 sure. Cup. Since they won the Cup in 2020, they have not played the Capitals. Remember, they played them in the round robin at the beginning of the tournament. That's right. In the bubble. That was the last time they saw them. Al says coming back like they did may go a long way towards lightning confidence, but they still need to tighten up defensively as a five-man unit. I think Agreed. we all would agree there. Bob says it's early yet. Take the two points and run. Tighten up all the way around for sure. 88 needs more support. Yeah, I mean, not discounting anything you guys We heard that from the players. Yeah, yeah, we heard that from the players, too, in the sound that Steve played. They need to be better. Today. And I think they will, but we're not going to panic yet. And um, you know, panicking is a is a harsh word there. Three three tough opponents coming up for the Lightning the next three. I mean, every opponent is capable of beating you in the NHL. But we'll see how the Lightning do in these next three against Washington, Florida, and Colorado. Yeah, for sure. Tomorrow, as we said, on the road. And we'll have the, the coverage for you pregames at 7. The puck drops, what, at 7.30. So we'll have all that for you guys. And uh, I'm sorry, the game tomorrow's at 7. Yeah, I was going to say, I think think we have exhausted the 7.30 games for a little bit. Let's hope so, Dave. Amen to that. And that that game last night was 7.45. (laughs) I know. know And then we had the long long second period, and it went to overtime. But that's okay. Yeah, that's why we get paid. A long night and and an early morning arrival in D.C. We'll take that because the lighting also... Put the two points in the bank. Partner, get another cup of coffee. I think you've earned it. Yeah, I think I will. Rest up a little bit and uh, get a nap. 
and make sure you eat, so don't get cranky. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Great job on the call. And Talk to you tomorrow broadcast. on the air. No power lunch tomorrow. That is correct. That but is we'll correct. recap Saturday's game on Monday. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. All right, get some rest. Steve, thank you for all your hard work. I am Greg Lanelli. We'll be with you again in this form on Monday. But, again, don't forget to join us tomorrow for the broadcast starting at 630, the Lightning and the Capitals. And you can listen to it all right here on Lightning Radio.